Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, that sounds pretty good to me. God's making a way where there is no way. That's what he's promising right here. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals, the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to who? My people. My people. My chosen. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. Just in case you're wondering or just in case life has left you just a little bit disillusioned, a little bit disappointed, and you're looking at where you're at and not liking what you're seeing, you're looking at the place that you're in right now and you're saying, I don't really know why I'm even here. Let me tell you something today. Hear me. Hear this right now. You were created with purpose by God. You have a future in him, amen, that no man can shake except for yourself. Somebody needs to hear that today because somebody is disillusioned with where you're at. Somebody is disappointed with your current circumstances, and you're wondering, is there any way out? Yes. There is a way, amen, that not the way that the world wants you to go. There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. But there is also another way that leads to righteousness, and you can find that today. I want to just preach to you time for something new. If you tried everything else, maybe it's time for something new. Praise God. You may be seated today. There's a quote that's been around for quite some time. You've, I'm sure, heard it. I'm going to say it again just because it fits so well. Uh, it's attributed to Albert Einstein, but there is a little bit of a, a question on whether it, that, that's where it originated. But the quote is simply this. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, yet expecting a different result. Amen. Expecting a different result. How many like puzzles? And I'm not talking about like 500-piece, 750-piece, 1,000-piece puzzles like my father-in-law does all the time. I'm talking about those little, you ever gone to Cracker Barrel and you go in there, not, not, the, not the little I'm an ignoramus puzzle that, that's on the table, but what, the puzzles that I'm talking about are those little mind-brain teaser puzzles. You, you know, and one in particular that I'm talking about uh, has anybody ever uh, tried to do the horseshoe puzzles? Got two horseshoes that are connected by two chains in the middle, and there's a ring, and the object of the puzzle is to see if you can get that ring off of those horseshoes. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? How many of you have, lift your hands if you've ever tried to do that. Okay, lift your hands if you've ever figured it out on your own without somebody showing you how to do it. Oh, Bryce Jones, I should have known. Terry Warren, he's not quite sure. Uh, it was a long time ago. His memory's a little fuzzy. Uh, uh, okay, so so not many of us. We have a couple in here that are definitely not in the ignoramus category, okay? They figured it out. They, they figured out how to do it. Well, I can remember the very first time I ever saw that puzzle, and, and that puzzle was brought 
uh, to a group of people. Somebody brought it in. They said, I want you, the object of this puzzle is to get this ring off here. Of course, we all had to try it, right? I mean, that's what we do. We, we want to see if by chance we are smart enough to figure it out and impress all of our friends and those that gathered around. Uh, but to my dismay, when I tried it, I could not figure it out, neither could anybody else that was in our little small group there. We were all trying different things, and, and one thing about that puzzle is that there is a certain place that you can get to in that where you kind of lock them things together. It's like, oh, I think I got it. You know, you ever had that, that, that feeling like, I'm going to do this, and everybody's going to think I am the smartest person in the room, including myself, even though I have no clue what I just did. Just accidentally stumbled upon it. Over and over and over again, those of us that were in that room with that puzzle took turns trying to solve it. We became frustrated and, and then hopeful and then disappointed. And, and, and there were times when it looked like somebody would almost have it only to get stuck and fail and realize that that too was not the answer to solving the puzzle. Frustration. One thing that I noticed, though, was everybody kept trying to do the exact same thing, especially the, the part that looked like you were close, but, but it wasn't the answer either. Everybody saw that and saw how close it seemed to be getting, so they would all try to do the same thing, but they all wound up with the same, the, the, the same problem. They got stuck before they could get that little ring off of that puzzle. Now, finally, after we'd all tried until we were wore out, the person that brought the puzzle in, they said, let me show you something. They took that thing, and they jiggled that little ring around. They did that little twist and ran them together. Zip, right off it comes. If you don't know how to do it, I can show you how to do it because I have never forgotten it. And the reason I've never forgotten it is because it's simple. Yeah, I didn't have to take a college course. I didn't have to go to special schooling. I didn't have to, uh, I didn't have to sit down for hours and hours and hours and figure it out. The answer was really quite simple. You just had to make one move on that thing that nobody could ever figure out. And once you made that one move and put that ring in the right position, off it came. what seemed impossible I found wasn't hard at all when you simply knew what to do. Wasn't hard, didn't have to struggle. You just had to find somebody that could point out what to do. I think you've probably kind of figured out where I'm going with this today. There are so many people walking the streets. There are so many people living on this world. I don't know how many billions of people, but there's a lot of folks living on the same planet, and they're all trying to figure life out. They're all trying to come up with a solution, something that will permanently bring satisfaction to them. Uh, is it more money? Is it a bigger house? Is it a nicer car? Is it a, a place on the lake? Is it a new boat? Is it a new relationship? Is it a, is it a new wife or a new husband or, or more children? Is it all these things? And a lot of those things are good, not all the things that I mentioned, but a lot of those things are okay in the right priority in their life. They're just one problem. At the end, when you have moved all the moves that you can make, you're still going to wind up 
frustrated and disappointed because none of those things can truly satisfy you. None. You're under the sound of my voice today and you've tried every move that you know only to come up empty or you've thought that you finally found the solution only to have disappointment crash down on you, leaving you feeling utterly hopeless. I want you to hear what I'm about to say to you. There is an answer to the puzzle that's been driving you insane. You've been looking over here. Is this going to make me happy? Oh, I think it will, only to wind up a month later. Same old story. Is this going to make me happy? Will this satisfy me? Well, that eyes might get big for a little while, and there might be a season of joy in it, but there is never true, constant uh, a satisfaction that can be brought from anything that comes from this planet. Amen. Your answer is not going to be found in a new car or a new house or some fancy new uh, thing that you might pick up off the shelf. You can shop all day long on Amazon.com. You can go down to the local retailer. You can kind of call the contractor to build you something bigger and better if you have the means to do so. Amen. But there is only one thing today that is going to satisfy you, and that is Jesus Christ, he is the only answer. He is the only thing that will satisfy you. So when you tried everything else, why don't you listen to me today and try something new? Try something new. The Lord was speaking to Israel in chapter 43, trying to help them understand. We look at Israel and it's like, Man, up and down, up and down. God does this for them, and the next thing you know, they're 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 grumbling and complaining. Then He opens up the sea, and they walk over there, and then they wind up, uh, you know, doubting about the promised land, wandering around the wilderness. It's like, what is up with those people? Before you get too harsh on Israel, look around and see if we're not about the same. The ups and downs of life. God does something, comes through, heals a heals a, a problem uh, in, in your life. And, and we're on cloud nine only to find ourselves sometimes a little bit further down the road in a, in a state of doubtfulness again. And God is dealing with them. He's trying to help them understand, I am your answer. But they were, they were trying to do things other than being godly. They were trying to do the same things that others had already in the past found to fail. Maybe it'll work for us. <laughs> well, they seem to be happy. Do not buy into the false-fronted lifestyles of people that put a fake smile on and say, what a great time we're having. Let me tell you, there is an end to all of that, and that is death. There comes a time when all of those things that seemingly temporarily satisfy us come to an end when we seek those things from this world. They're not lasting. They're temporary. The Lord even let us know that there are some pleasures. There's some pleasures that come from this world. There's some pleasures that come from certain sins. There's some th but there's also some problems that come along. Behind the pleasure is pain. So Israel was going to try it on their own without God. But understand this. 
you're not the first one to search for an answer from a place that has no answers. Adam and Eve, let's check this out. Let's doubt what God says and disobey what God says, and let's listen to a voice that, that is appealing to us. I, to, I told somebody not too long ago that's in, in, going through a little bit of a problem. I said, you need to be very cautious where you're at right now, and uh, the Bible tells us to be you know, spiritually aware and spiritually sensitive and, and try the spirits. I said, because a lot of times, if people get into a place in life that, where, where it's a real hard thing and it's kind of hard to figure out what's right and what's wrong, and that's the world we're living in, what is true and what is false, I said, what happens is sometimes a friend can seem like an enemy and an enemy can seem like a friend. The enemy can tell you everything that you're wanting to hear, everything you're wanting them to say. They can be in agreement with you, but they have no stake in your life. There's not no, they've got no skin in the game. They're just going to tell you what you want to hear. That's not being a true friend, but sometimes a true friend will say, hey, listen, you better open your eyes. You're headed for a mistake here. You're headed for a downfall here, and you don't want to hear that. Hear me today. You've got to have your head screwed on straight when it comes to these kind of things. There must be a spiritual sensitivity about the way that we live life. Otherwise, we will buy into any false claim that is out there. Israel finds themselves in a sinful state, and they're trying to solve a puzzle that only has one answer. Well, what do I do? Where do I go? Where do I turn to? Can I find it in a bottle? Can I find it in a syringe filled with, with some illegal uh, drug? Can I find it uh, if I go to the doctor and he prescribed me a bottle of pills? Can I find it by a new shopping spree? Can I, can I find it by doing this or doing that or, or, or trying to come up with something? Can I find No, no, there is no other way. If you're looking for the way Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. You can't get there any other way but damn through Jesus. Luke chapter 24, there's a few people that come to a tomb where Jesus' body has been buried. They get the shock of their life. I don't know how much faith was there. Jesus kept telling them, you know, he, he, he let them know, I'm not here to stay. On the third day, I will rise again. So the people that came down to the tomb to check things out, they found the stone was rolled away and the body of Jesus was no longer there. And if you look and read that in chapter 24 of the book of Luke, you'll see where there were two men that suddenly were there amongst them shining in shining garments. And I love what they had to say. It scared the, the ones that were there. They, they were obviously not of this world, obviously not with the group that, that were traveling together to go check on the body of Jesus at the tomb. They're already nervous about what's happened here. The stones rolled away, and where's the, where's the body of Jesus? When these two men in shining clothes show up and they, they ask them this question, said, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He's not here. 
he's not here. And I would say to this world of frustrated and disappointed people that are trying to solve their puzzle with all the vices of this world that money won't solve the puzzle and drugs won't solve the puzzle. A shopping binge won't solve the puzzle. If you're looking for the answer to come from the things that the world has to offer, then you are in essence looking for the living amongst the dead. There is no answer here. There is no solving of this problem of the soul being satisfied here. You might be able to mask it for a little while, but in the long run, it will only disappoint. Amen. If you're looking for the living amongst the dead, if you're looking for satisfaction where none can truly be found on any long-standing basis, amen, it's time to sue something new. It's time to turn your heart towards Jesus because he is the answer, the only answer. He's the only place that can satisfy the longing that you're looking for. He's not there. He's not there, but he is here. He is here. David standing before Saul. So music comes today. This young boy, his teenage years, never been on a battlefield, never had hand-to-hand combat outside of Growing up, the youngest of all his brothers, I had a little hand-to-hand combat there. Never, never been trained in warfare. Shows up. Finds that this man, this giant man standing across the battlefield, screaming taunts and threats. Something inside of him rises up. David, calm down. You just come here and stir up trouble. No, I'm not here to stir up trouble unless it's trouble for the enemy. Why is nobody doing anything about this? You taking one look at the guy? He's massive. He's huge. He's a veteran of war. Quite honestly, David, there's not a single one of us that believed that we could go out there and defeat him. That's really what was going on in their mind, because if they thought that they could defeat him, if they thought that they could beat him, there was already a great reward for whoever would destroy Goliath. David said, I'll go. He said, go talk to the king. <laughs> we'll let the king shut him down. David standing before Saul. And he begins to tell the story. Saul's concerned, quite honestly. Saul says to David, he said, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are a youth. He is a man of war from his youth. But David didn't just say, oh, okay, you know, you're the king, whatever you say goes. No. He... He wanted to weigh in on this. And so this is what he says back to the king. He says, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth, and then it rose against me. I caught it by its beard. 
caught the bear by, by the fur underneath its jaw, and I caught the lion by the beard, and I slew it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Now, I don't know if Saul was out of options, or I don't... Maybe David was that convincing where something about this young boy just struck Saul. I really don't know what was going on in his mind, but I do know this much. His mind changed because he looks at David and he said, go and the Lord be with you. Go and the Lord be with you. David qualifies himself with his former victories over the lion and the bear, but notice something. He says the way, he tells us the way that he killed the lion and the bear. I struck them, then I grabbed them by their beard, and I struck them and killed them. You might think that killing a lion and bear would cause David to say, you know what? That's the way I killed the lion and it worked, and that's the way I killed the bear and it worked. I'm going to do the exact same thing with this this giant, but you won't find anywhere where David grabbed Goliath by his beard. Sometimes what worked on one enemy won't work on another, but Jesus never fails. That was the difference. His method may have changed between the lion and the bear and this, this giant. The lion and the bear, they had claws, but they didn't have spears. They were they didn't have swords. They didn't have an armor bearer go before them. David said, I've got something a little different here. But the one thing that never changed was David said, you come at me with sword and a spear, and I'm out here with the name of the Lord. That's the difference maker right here. There's some battles you may win doing it your old ways, some things that may, you may conquer just through sheer will. The will of a man is a powerful thing. But there's some things you're never going to conquer on your own. But you can conquer anything if you put Jesus out in front and you follow him. You see, Goliath followed the little man out on the battlefield. David said, you got this all wrong, bud. I'm putting the bigger man out in front of me. He's my sword, my shield. He's my buckler. He's everything. Would you stand with me today? Your old ways aren't working. You're dissatisfied. You've come to the end of the road. You've, you've tried so many things. You've looked for satisfaction in so many different areas. You've thought all of these things. People have told you, oh, do this, and this will make you feel awesome. Do this, and, and this will change your life. And, and you, you believe them only to find out that 
It was false. It lasted for a while, but now you're right back in the same old boat. Maybe, maybe taking on a little more water than you should. Can I just make a recommendation today? Give Jesus a try. Maybe it's time to try something new. Close with this, and then I'm going to open this altar up because I feel the Lord is in this place today. And there are some folks here that, that you've been struggling with certain things, and you just need to come and give it to God. You need to come give yourself to God. There was a professor that was making a... Oh, he, was, he, was, he had his, his outline of what he was going to say. and There was people that were gathered around. He was talking about the resurrection of Jesus and how it was an impossible thing and he was trying to convince people why it was impossible that Jesus could have risen from the dead. His argument was compelling to those that were there, those that wanted to believe that, but when he finished, there was this old preacher that was sitting in the crowd that stood up when he stood up, he reached down, he grabbed an apple, and before he said anything, he took a bite out of the apple. Chewed up the, the apple, swallowed it, and then he looked at the professor and he said, is this apple bitter or sweet? The professor looked back at him and said, I have no idea. I haven't tasted the apple. He said, neither have you tasted Jesus Christ. You see, anybody that tries to tell me that this doesn't work, you've come too late. I've already tasted. Right, yes. I've already been filled with his spirit. Oh, that's something that's for the old time, Old Testament. Too late. Too late to tell me that. I've already experienced right. it. Too late to tell me that Jesus' name, baptism, doesn't wash all of my sins away because I've already experienced I've tasted and I've found out that to taste and see that the Lord, he is not bitter. He is sweet. And if your life is full of bitterness, why don't you try something new and find that the tasting Jesus Christ will sweeten up your life? You don't believe then you've not tasted it yet. Or maybe you tasted it a long time ago and you've forgotten just how good it tastes. You've forgotten just how good it feels to be in the perfect will of God. Maybe something has taken you away. Maybe you've fallen away of your own accord. Maybe something has caused you to become disillusioned. Maybe you were hurt sometime along, uh, a long time ago. Let me tell you something. Come back. Come back. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is your answer. Amen. I don't care where you're coming from. I don't care how far away you've gone. Come back. Jesus is waiting and he's calling your name today. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.